Welcome to Rising Tide Startups, where today's most exciting startup founders share their stories and strategies. They also deliver tangible lessons learned along the way that you can apply to your own startup. Each episode is a true masterclass. Make sure you take notes. Take it away, Kevin. This is Kevin Pro with another episode of Rising Tide Startups. And my special guest today is Jeremy Parker, all the way from the shores of, of the Mediterranean in Israel. Jer Jeremy, thanks for joining us on Rising Tide. Thank you so much for having me. Great to be here. So I'm anxious to uh, to get started. But before we do, I, I try to open this in a in a little unique way. I mean, most interviews I saw, just tell us about yourself. What I would like to know is, is a little more specific. We, we try to ask, so if you and I met at a networking event, what would how would you introduce yourself to me? I would introduce myself by saying, nice to meet you. I'm Jeremy Parker. <laughs> as simple as possible. But um, if it went into kind of my background or, or what I do, if that was the next question, I, I would say um, I'm an entrepreneur at heart. Um, obviously, I'm the, I'm the founder of swag.com. So that's my business profession also. But, you know, I've always been that entrepreneurial spirit, somebody who's thinking of, of how to create something out of nothing or, or thinking about problems and how I can make a, a solution out of it. Um, I'm also a documentary filmmaker. So I have, a, I guess, a storyteller. Maybe that's even a better way to describe it. Yeah. I'm a storyteller. Yeah, what a, I mean, what a great mix, though. I mean, you know, what, what do they say? I mean, marketing is just telling stories. So, I mean, you know, you've already got a leg up on, on a major facet of, of your entrepreneurial endeavors. But I, uh, I was watching another interview that you did. And, and I mean, just that you were talking about, you know, what this exponential growth that your company has experienced, you know, kind of year on year. But I, I want to go back a little further than that. And the question that I had that uh, I think you know, our listeners really would love to hear is, like, what, what is the path that kind of led you to where you are? I mean, you know, you have the same story as thousands of other people that said, you know, I tried 15 different things and this one just kind of stuck, you know, so yeah. walk us through that journey. Yes, yeah, a good question. So my first job out of college, so I went to Boston University and I was a film production. The Terriers. Exactly. <laughs> the Perfect, exactly. Terriers. <laughs> exactly. Very fierce. Very fierce Terriers. Um, and uh, when I was 18 or so, I won the Vail Film Festival. So I was at this big film festival and I'm, I'm on the top of the mountain and I won this film festival. And the next day, there was like kind of this like quote unquote celebrity or filmmaker brunch, if you will. And I looked at the room and half the room were these major celebrities that we all heard of. And half the room were more of these artists, if you will. Mm -hmm. And I did like a real internal gut check. And I remember this so vividly. And I asked myself the question, um, number one, am I that good? And number two, do I love what I'm doing? And both answers were no. And that was kind of like the, the, my motivation to leave the filmmaking world and become an entrepreneur. But I didn't really know what entrepreneur was truthfully. So I just thought, what if I could just start a business and learn all the aspects of business and think about, figure out what I'm good at and what I truly enjoy and what I truly love. And I started a company right after college uh, called Tees and Tats. It was a high-end t-shirt company. And it, I, I probably launched at the worst time ever. It was during the recession. It was 2007. And we were selling like $300 t-shirts, like very expensive t-shirts, $250, $300 t-shirts. And we were selling to all these different boutiques. And when the recession hit, everybody stopped buying high-end goods. A lot of the boutiques we were selling to went under. And I had to think of something else to do. And I'm not going to bore you, but it was a long journey. And I ultimately found myself 
working under a promotional product company, MV Sport. And I fell in love with the industry. I really fell in love with MV Sport. I fell in love with promotional products and the impact it made. And I noticed something though, and this is about 12 or so years ago, that the buyer was you know, a much older buyer, 50, 45, 56 year old buyer. And everything was done very transactionally through presentation decks and phone calls to close sales and back and forth email exchanges. And even at the time when I was 22, I, I realized that it should probably be more streamlined, but I thought maybe it's just the buyer, maybe the buyer doesn't want a easy streamlined online experience. Um, fast forward 10 years, I did a lot of different startups, um, but I always had this passion for promotional products. And what I realized 10 years later is that the industry is only growing, but the buyer changed. And the buyer is no longer this 45, 56 year old office manager, it's a 25 year old. And 25 year olds want to do things very differently. So I wanted to build the right platform for today's buyer. That was kind of the reason why we started Swag. How can I build the right platform for today's buyer? And what, did that, what does that today's buyer want? I, I, had a, I had an instinct, I had a feeling, but I didn't know until we started the business and I started trying to learn as much as I can from our customers um, and ultimately trying to build the right product for them. So did you, I, I, I picture you sitting in a cubicle somewhere, you know, working for this promotional goods company and thinking, you know, I could do this better on my own. So did you kind of have this internal, external, like diatribe going on that said, okay, do I stay and try to try to help them kind of evolve or do I go out on my own and, and try to answer this kind of this, this scratch the itch of this new buyer? You know what? I, I, I did think about it back then, but I didn't leave to start my own promotional product company. I actually, frankly, left that to start a completely different in business in a different industry. I, um, with my brother, we started doing product placement for YouTube videos and helping these YouTube stars make a lot of money through the social presence. And now everyone does it, right? You go on Instagram and Facebook and everyone's doing these product placement deals. But think about 12 years ago, 15 years ago, that didn't exist. So we were very, very early for the time and we helped a lot of these YouTube stars make a lot of money. That's where my mind was going. I didn't really know that promotional products was the thing for me. Um, I knew I loved it, but I, I ended up finding myself in different startups for 10 years and I found my way back to the swag industry. Um, and I think what really was, I think the fact that it stuck with me for 10 years after I left the industry was a real good sign that mm -hmm. maybe this is the right product in the right yeah. industry for me to try to tackle. I'm curious on the, the YouTube thing. Um, I, a friend of mine, you know, worked with a startup a few years ago where they were trying to embed the buying experience into the, mm -hmm. into YouTube videos. Is that kind of what you were doing or was it simply just promoting through the, the YouTube channel? We were so early. It was kind of like the wild west. So what we did was we realized, and this is back in the day where we were watching American Idol or so, and all the judges on American Idol were drinking out of their Coke cans. And we're like, they're not drinking Coke. It's product placement. They're making millions of dollars for drinking that Coke can or out of a Coke cup. Mm -hmm. And YouTube stars are getting even more views than these major celebrities, major TV shows, but they're making no money. They're living in their parents' basement. So our idea is what if we could get State Farm, Colgate, Verizon, these big brands into the YouTube videos. So we became kind of like the matchmaker where we reach out to these big brands. We would represent a lot of these YouTube stars and kind of create package deals for them. Um, and made a lot of these YouTube stars millions of dollars. We, mm. But we were so early. This was, I, I mean, I think at this point, Twitter had like, we just started big celebrities had like a thousand followers on Twitter. Now they have 20 million, hundred million. So it was very, very early. I did that for a few years. That company ultimately sold to a private company when I was 25 years old. Um, so it was a great learning experience, 
we were very ahead of our time and that I'm sure if we stay with it, we probably could have built a really big agency or business around that um, product placement, but it was very, very early. So swag.com is the, is the current promotional yeah. good, the, the high end promotional goods business. So when was that started? Started the business in uh, early 2016. So January, 2016. And it's, been growing over a hundred percent since then. So our first year of business, we did about 350,000. It was a lot of me and my co-founder, Josh, just knocking on doors. Like really we were traveling salesmen. We didn't have a product at all. We had a landing page that said coming soon. And really all we did from day one was knock on doors, walk up and down. We work hallways trying to make sales. And really it was to make sales, but it was also to learn the industry. You know, I've been out of the industry for 10 years. I wanted to see who the right buyer is and what they're looking for. I didn't want to build any kind of tech until we knew what the right experience would be. Yeah. And also at the same time, we wanted to get some big name blue chip companies that we could rely on. So if somebody came to our website and they saw that we did Facebook or Google or Amazon, they would clearly believe that we could handle their, you know, small right. order. So it was a combination of learning, making some sales and getting those blue chip, uh, companies, we, we, uh, we kind of thought of ourselves as like logo hunters in the early days. Mm -hmm. And after the first year, we really figured out the right buying experience, at least what we initially thought. And we started to develop the code about eight months into the business. That's uh, I mean, it's interesting that it, it's kind of instant credibility. I mean, even podcasters yep. try to do that. They, they, in their lead in there go, we've interviewed such great stars as Seth Godin or you know, Gary Vaynerchuk or whoever it is, you know, the, the whole idea, but it, as I was looking at your your website and thinking about even just the the you know your web address, I mean mm -hmm. swag.com. I mean you probably yes. spent more on the on that. <laughs> it was a lot. The dot com lot. domain than you did on starting the company. Yeah, no, honestly, that was the first thing we did, and it was a, a big part of the success and, and a big part of our strategy. Our feeling from the very beginning, and this kept playing in my head, I want to turn offline conversations to online purchasing. That's what I kept thinking. And in the industry of promotional products, 30,000 companies sell promotional products. How do you stand out? Now, at this point, we've developed an amazing tech platform and we've invested so much money into the platform and everything that we make in profit, we reinvest. So at this point, I feel very confident to say we are the best place to buy swag and we make it really easy with the best products. But in the early days, we weren't that. We were nothing. We we're a startup. We didn't have anything to differentiate ourselves. We had no platform. We had a coming soon landing page. So how do you cut through the noise? And our feeling was we have to have a brand that people remember. Now, if I said something to you, hey, you saw like a banner ad for swag.com. You might not need swag right now, but in nine months from now, when you do want swag and you're talking to your coworkers and you say, hey, I want some swag, I want to trigger, oh, swag.com, we should check it out. And that was a really important yep. thing. I knew it wouldn't necessarily make us successful from day one. It would help us cut through the noise from day one, but really it's the, it's the dividends and paying off years down when people are hearing us and seeing us, it becomes synonymous with the industry. So I'm assuming someone else had that, that domain. Yeah. So yes, was that, yeah. was somebody just parking that or was that actually a company that you actually said, you know, we're, 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 we need this domain. Somebody was really parking it. Yeah. Somebody was parking it. We worked at a deal where basically somebody bought the domain and then we, we gave them some equity in the company and we exclusively licensed the domain for a period of time. Mm -hmm. And then once we made enough money through sales that we, we could justify buying it fully ourselves, then we bought it. So we we're able to launch the business without actually putting the money out to buy the domain. We, we licensed it and then we were able to buy it later. What on. a great idea. 
I yeah. listeners don't let that one go by you. I mean, if you if you have that, you know, that special domain out there, you know, you don't necessarily need to come up with a quarter of a million dollars or whatever to, to buy that yeah. five letter or four letter domain that that has been parked somewhere. But uh, there are creative ways around that to to, to uh, make that happen. But so as you you know, you talked about growth. So since 2006, kind of walk us through the the growth pattern. And sure. I mean, you, you went from two guys walking up and down a WeWork hallway to now we got 50 people, you know, on yeah. phones all Plus, the time. So yeah. So yeah, exactly. So we started the business 2016, did about 350,000 manual sales, traveling salesmen. 2017, we launched the first version of the e-commerce site. Mm-hmm. And we ended up doing about 1.1 million in 2017. 2018, the site's getting better, did about 3.1 million. 2018, 2019, we started to see a shift of work from home culture. Mm-hmm. So in 2019, we start, was actually happening really 2017, we discovered this, but we built out our distribution platform through 18 and we launched in 2019, our distribution platform. And what I mean by that is we walked into one of our customers' offices and we saw them manually, office managers sitting on the floor, boxing things up together, yep. writing handwritten note cards. And we felt like, this is nuts. What if we could allow people to buy swag with the click of a button, upload a CSV file of different ship to addresses. We could package all the products together and distribute it to individual addresses. This would be very helpful for now remote employees, onboarding new hires, sending swag to your best customers to mm-hmm. lead virtual event attendees. Now this was in 2019. This is before the pandemic. 2019, we ended up doing about 15 and a half million of sales. So we went from wow. three to seven to 15 and a half. Um, 2021, we did last year. So last year we did about 33 million of sales. Um, and this year we're on track to, to do over 60 million. So we're really growing. We have about 85 people on the team. Now we're probably going to have around 130 by the end of this year. Um, and we have a really amazing platform where you can easily find what you're looking for. The best products out there. We've curated the best of what's out there. We've tested thousands upon thousands of products and we've narrowed it down to the best, the top 10 mugs, the top 10 water bottles really curated experience. So people are not overwhelmed with too many options. Mm. They find it, they upload their logo. Our system could detect how many Pantone colors in the nearest Pantone match. So they could print exactly right. So you're getting Coca-Cola red and not Staples red, if you will, mocking it up, checking out, click the button, multiple, you know, send swag all over. If you don't have the addresses of your recipients, we built different tools to collect the addresses of your recipients where they could select, I want this t-shirt and I want it to be a size large and I want this mug. Like we've made it really simple for customers to not only buy swag, distribute swag and manage swag all from one central portal. So that's where it's expanded to. But in the beginning, it was just a very simple idea of how do we give really high quality products to our customers? Well, actually, in the beginning, it was you and your partner in the evenings sitting on the floor, stuffing boxes. With- <laughs> even more even more than that, we used to work out. Our first office was in my uh, co-founder's apartment building. They had a pool table room and we'd have an office. So we <laughs> We would work out the pool table room and we put all the different samples that we were testing on the pool table. And every time somebody in the building came to play pool, we had to take it off the table. It was a nightmare. It was a nightmare. So, back up the office. <laughs> they yeah, want to exactly. play pool. Back it up. Back it up. I'm like, how long are you going to be playing pool for? Like, now <laughs> I'm like, all right. We got an order to ship break out time. tonight. <laughs> exactly. We got to break, break time right now. So, yeah. So, it's a long, definitely a long way from that, from that point. All right, guys. The pool table's closed. You know, exactly. it's, it's broken. <laughs> so we, we lost all the pool balls so man that is that's amazing so let me ask you it's, it's kind of an odd question but 
if I'm like a company that I send like a new employee onboarding kit, do, I mean, can I do that? Can I create like, here's my, exactly. here's a standard order on all these things. Every time somebody comes in, I just send you the name, you ship it out. That's exactly right. So, so on our site, you can buy swag individual products, like a hundred mugs, a hundred notebooks, hundred pens. You can have those products sent to your office. Mm -hmm. or you can hold it in our inventory. So think of it as like an online swag closet. Now imagine you go to our site and you're buying all these different thousands of products. You can also buy fully custom boxes on our site. So you can say, I want to build a box and I want this box to have yep. a t-shirt, a mug, a pen, a notebook, a crinkle paper, a note card, whatever you want. We will print the boxes. We will print all the products. We will consolidate it, kit it up together, handwrite the note card, keep it in the box and warehouse it with us. At any moment you have a new onboard, you go into our site, you click on the box, you upload a CSV file of all the different addresses, we calculate the shipping in real time, you pay for it, and we're shipping individual boxes to individual addresses. So we make it very, very simple. What we're doing right now, and we're launching this actually next week, is the Swag API. So now that we're allowing companies to easily purchase Swag in bulk, hold an inventory and make distributions, what if we could allow companies now to automate the distribution for Swag? So what I mean by that is, Let's imagine you don't even want to go back to our site to upload the CSV file. You integrate into HubSpot every person's birthday or every person's five-year anniversary or one-year anniversary. Anytime a customer has not bought something on my site in three months, I want to send them something in the mail to re-engage. Anytime I've done back and forth emails and I'm a sales rep and I want to close that sale, it automatically triggers something on our end and we can send swag in the mail to that person. So really any reason why you want to send swag, you can automate it and kind of set it and forget it. And that's where the business we believe it's going to be going. I, I mean, unbelievable, you know, the, the way you guys have thought through the processes and, and, you know, kind of answered that call you, you know, you, people talk about, you want to scratch the itch that, you know, people have, but that you literally are, I mean, you, that's easily identifiable, the, the pain points that, you know, your buyers are experiencing, but it's, I would, I would imagine that your retention level or your, you know, those repeat buyers have, has got to be an extra astronomically higher you yeah. know no, astronomically high it is it is really amazing and what's also amazing is we just make their lives that so much easier it's so hard for mm -hmm. after they use us one time they're they're saving time and money and energy and instead of them having to box all things themselves and wasting our time and then shipping on their ups account which we have better accounts and we give them our pricing they could just do everything hands-free find it buy it send it automate it. It just, it makes their lives so much easier. Um, and what's really great about our business is that, you know, you're an office manager and you're buying through from Amazon and you're there for two years and you're holding your inventory with us. When that office manager leaves the company and goes to a different company, we're holding their swag and inventory. It makes it very easy for the next person who takes over for that role, mm. log into the account, see all the past orders and start buying themselves and managing the inventory. Yeah. Make it like, it's like kind of swag in the cloud, if you will. And yeah. we are just managing the whole process. Uh, there, there's no doubt. And I, and I can't imagine that, you know, um, I mean, I've, I've looked at a lot of, you know, swag companies out there for various reasons, promotional products, and the buyer experience is not always smooth. It's not always easy. It's, and, and even that you're looking at it going, man, this is just, it's like walking to, I mean, we went to the, the Bahamas on a, mm -hmm. on a cruise and we walked through the market and every shop in the market had the same junk at the mm -hmm. same prices. And I'm like, how does the one on the end <laughs> compete with the first one? Because it's the same stuff, you know, throughout the whole process. But you guys obviously had differentiated yourself, not just in the products you sell,
but in the process, you know, Every, and in the buyer across experience. The board, across the board. We had to make it seamless. We had to make it easy, but we also have to have products on our site that people actually want to keep. Yep. That was like our mission statement from day one. I don't want to get something or allow people to buy something that ends up in the trash. Because what does that, what does that do? If Facebook buys thousands of dollars of stuff that ends up in the trash, it tarnishes their brand. It costs the company money. It's bad for the environment. It does all these negative things. It does, it does the exact opposite of the intention of swag. Yeah. Swag is meant to be kept if it's really good quality. So I want people to get something, hold on to it. And by the way, it doesn't have to be a t-shirt of look at me, I'm a walking billboard. It could be a pair of socks. It could be a mug. It could be something that no one sees except for the recipient. Mm -hmm. But that's the point. You want the person who's getting it to feel connected to your brand and that they see it every day and that there's Every day there's this return on investment that ultimately they become an evangelist and they start, you know, shouting your name from the rooftops because they see it and they love it and they connect from it. And it only happens yep. through high quality. So we're very, very focused on that. And, you know, those employee benefits directors, those HR directors, they talk to each other. They go to conferences together, you know, and I, I know you guys are probably showing up at events kind of in that space, too. But you're absolutely right. And if you if you deliver on the on the promise and. And, uh, you know, they are a repeat buyer. I mean, they certainly will share that just like they'll share negative feedback. Exactly so right. It's, it's amazing to, to see that. But I'm, I'm curious, you know, you mentioned various other things that you've been involved in. I, I, this is kind of my favorite part of our, our Rising Tide chat. It really is kind of drilling down into the founder's mind and, and history. Um, just pull out a couple of three, maybe two or three really solid nuggets that you have learned as a founder, as a leader, as a CEO of a company over the last few years that you think, man, if I'd have known these when we first started, it would have been a game changer. But just think of yeah, you know, a couple I, of I, things that's really. Yeah, so remain. one thing I actually used on swag.com and it made it, it allowed us to be successful. And I think it's a big reason why swag.com was successful. And I had previous startups that failed. And that weren't successful. And I think I'm trying to, I was, and I know this at the time, but I really noticed I needed to make it work for Swag. So a previous company was a company called Vouch. And Vouch was a social media app mm -hmm. where people could vouch for their favorite things. It was basically democratizing Oprah's favorite things for everybody. Yeah. It was trying to take the, the, the Facebook like button and make a dedicated user experience around it. And the idea I believe is really good because Facebook makes all their money based on the like button, what people like for serving ads. So how do you make the like button fun? And the like button's not fun. So how do you make it fun? So we try to make it fun and we built this right, this really what we thought great user experience. And it took me over a year, my founders and my co-founders to build this right user experience. And I lost sleep. You know, I was losing sleep based about the design and shouldn't the button go this way and that way and this color and that color. Every little detail I obsessed over, I obsessed over it. And we kept delaying the launch and I kept obsessing over the details. And then once we ultimately launched the product mm. and that's really, really was, they saw it. They're like, it was the things that like what we cared about, what we thought was important. They didn't care about. And the stuff that we didn't even realize they were, those were the things that they really cared about. And it, it just taught me from day one that when I was doing swag is get out of your own way, take the first step, try to make sales from day one, learn from the customer because you don't necessarily, you might have a good idea, but you don't know what the customer wants. You have to learn from the customer. So with Swag, we've been very focused on the customer journey and what the customer wants and really learning from the customer. And I would speak, the first year I spoke to hundreds of office managers trying to make sure we're building them the right experience. Right. That was really, really important. So I, that was, that was a, a big takeaway, big learning. I would say a second big thing as, as any entrepreneur, and it's hard to it's, hard, it's easier to say than to do, but you cannot be afraid of failure. 
Mm. I think a lot of people are super nervous about launching something or doing something or going out of their comfort zone because of this fear of failure. What happens when you're, when you're an entrepreneur, you have to be so okay with it. And it's really a superpower. Now I know when I launch something, it's most likely going to fail and that's okay. Because if we are okay learning from the customer and making it better and then launching again and failing again and learning and making it better, we're ultimately going to get to the right place. Yep. For example, the swag box feature, we launched this two years ago. The first version of our swag box feature, the swag box feature is, by the way, the ability to go on our site and build a fully custom box with all these different products and check out. We're the only site in the market where you can fully build a box and upload your logos and check out and pay for it right then and there and customize it. It's very complicated. There's a lot of tech that goes involved. The first version of it completely fails. We had like no orders. It was impossible. We redid it, reimagined it, learned from our customers, relaunched it, started to make some sales, but it was never really good. Third version, kept doing it. We had to launch seven different iterations of the same feature. <laughs> now this feature is doing 33% of all of ours. We did over 10 wow. million of sales in this one feature. And it's because when we launched something, we didn't get down about it. We didn't get upset about it. It was, okay, this is a path to getting where we ultimately want to be. And as long as we know we're ultimately going to get there and we're doing things that are difficult and are challenging, you know, we're always going to be a step ahead of everybody. And those are great points. I mean, the, you know, just thinking through the first one, kind of launch early, learn from your customers, you know, what are they asking for? And then the second one, I mean, you, you didn't really say this, but I mean, failure is not fatal. You know, <laughs> it's, it's often a learning experience and it's a, it's like, you know, we ideate and then we iterate, you know, so it's a, it's an interesting, you know, journey that, that uh, we all have to go on, you know, to, to make this a successful ride. But, you know, this is, this has been such a great chat, Jeremy, I really appreciate you taking time and uh, you had to hide out on the balcony to, to make sure you didn't, didn't wake the little one up, but uh, man, thanks for, thanks for taking time. Is there anything you want to close us out with that we haven't touched on and, and uh, just maybe remind people, you know, who's, who's your ideal buyer and, and where can they, what's the best place to get in contact with you? Yeah, sounds great. So one thing we didn't touch on in November of last year, so about six months ago, uh, swag.com was acquired by Custom Inc. And Custom Inc. Is, is the biggest player in the industry, and they're very focused on organizations, charities, and consumer. And swag.com is specifically focused on dealing to B2B. So we work with thousands of companies from Amazon, Google, Facebook, TikTok, Netflix, etc. So our belief is that with Custom Inc. and swag.com together, we could really you know, consolidate the industry and really own the promotional product space. So I would love it if you're a organization and you're a consumer, go to Custom Inc. If you're a business that wants to buy swag, hold inventory, manage different swag departments, check out swag.com and uh, we would love to work with you guys. So you're still working with swag? And is oh, that I'm, the plan I'm, long time? I'm running it. Our team is 100% independent. We're working with them. We're doing a lot of synergies in the background, but our brand is a completely different company. Our team is different. Everybody is with it and we're, we keep pushing along. Well, sounds good, my friend. It's, uh, it's really been a pleasure to uh, chat with you today and just kind of hear your journey. And, and I mean, what great, you know, nuggets you shared there at the end about, you know, just lessons learned along the way. And I think those are great takeaways, but just the whole idea of, you know, just, just, you know, once you fall down, get back up, you know, get back up off the mat and, and give it another shot and, and just learn from those things. Just it's a, it's a learning cycle, continuous cycle of kind of the cycle of life as well. But, and thanks again for sharing your journey and just for playing your part and helping all boats rise in a rising tide. Jeremy, have a great day. Much. Have a great day. Bye.
Another episode in the books. We hope you heard some great takeaways. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a five-star review on iTunes and YouTube. As always, thanks for listening to Rising Tide.